2 Samuel chapter 15 this evening. Keep your Bibles open. I've got several places we want to go. I want to go to Psalms. I want to go to Chronicles. And we'll go back to 2 Samuel. But 2 Samuel chapter 15 start out with uh, verse number 23. Like I told you this morning, a lot of times we just read over scriptures and we really don't take what we read and apply it to our hearts. And we, we miss a lot of things that God wants us to see. And I believe there's some things in this passage here that will help us tonight and, uh, and if we're just taking, let God move it in our hearts. Verse number 23, And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people passed over. The king also himself passed over the brook Kidron, and all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. And lo, Sadok also, uh, uh, the Levites, were with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of God. And they set down the ark of God at Abathar, and went up until the people had done passing out of the city. Now being, be, uh, and the king said unto Zadok, carry back the ark of God into the city. Now uh, get this, if I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again and show me both it and the inhabitations. Verse 26, but if he thus said, I have no delight in thee, behold, I, here I am I, let him do to me as he seemeth good unto him. Let us pray. Father, we just pray the night. Lord, just touch our hearts, opens them up, lines up, and Lord, just help us to be a blessing to those that people around us. Help us to be what we need to be, Lord. Help us to be a light in this dying world, Father. We just praise what you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I, I'm so glad that he is my king tonight. He, he, he's, the, he's the throne uh, of my heart. The, the Bible, you know, the people talked about, I thought that uh, your heart has only one room, one throne in it, and then who's sitting on that throne? Is either you sitting on that throne or is a God sitting on the throne? There, the heart has not a, it's not a two-seater throne. You either have God be your throne and God, or you are your throne. So who's on the throne of your heart tonight? Here in 2 Samuel, here, David is at his lowest point in his life in his reign as king. There will never be a, a more darker, more solemn, more defeated chapter in the life of David. Is the lowest part, the lowest watermark in his life right here. And in his reign as king, even in his personal walk with God. As a matter of fact, David is so low down at this point in his life, he is so defeated. He feels so estranged from the Lord that he gets into the place. In verse 25 and 26, he says, that it even sure himself if God is done with me. He's not sure. He said in verse 25, if God is still for me, if God still delights me, if God ain't totally through me, he is going to bring me back to Jerusalem. I will see the, the ark again. I will get to come back again. Then in verse 26, he says this profound statement. We find that the fear of David's heart's here. He said, maybe he is done with me. He says, if, if he has no delight in me, here am I. Here I stand. Do whatever you want with me. I was a nobody when you found me, and I can be a nobody now if you're done with me. When I read these verses here, I'm reading them knowing that what comes after. 
You see, David is writing uh, this, and we're reading, and David doesn't have a clue what's next in his life. He doesn't have a clue what's coming next. But you and I, we know what David is going through. We know what he's facing. But here David is at his lowest point in his life. And David said, I've read the next few chapters. David, God is not through with you. David still got some years behind him and ahead of him. David, you still got some miles to travel. David, to, you still got some songs to sing. David, you, you still got some things to do for God. Lift your head, David. He's going to be all right. And then a few more chapters right in your life tonight. You might have walked in here tonight feeling like David. You might be feeling that you are uh, not sure what God can do anything in your life. I'm not sure, preacher, I know God used to use me before, but I'm not sure God can use me now. I have just gotten to a place in my life where I'm not sure what God is doing. Can I give you some good news tonight? God is not through with you. God is not through with you. I don't, I don't know where you're at, and I don't know where, what water level you're walking through tonight. But I know this, there is a God in heaven that will never meet nobody that he can't, he's wrote off. There's never, as a God in heaven, just never met a sinner that he can't save. There's a God in heaven that says, I'm not through with you yet. I, I find this to be a true statement. If God is finished with you, then you'll be leaving this planet. You'll be done with you. God will be done with you. There are several reasons why David thinks that God is through with him. You may hear now and be in, in one of these categories. You may look in your life. But this message has several reasons why David thinks that God is done with him. The reason why David would think this first is his abomination. You do realize why David is walking in the spot he's walking in right here. David understands the shape that he's in. I, I, I'm in this because of what I did back yonder. We understand that. We read the Bible. We know what he did with Bathsheba and, and how he laid with a married woman and how he got her husband killed, Uriah the Hittite. And, and David's thinking to himself, maybe God is done with me because of the sins in my past and God has just washed his hands of me. This is going to be the way God is going to finish his judgment with me. I know that I am the man that messed up. And this is the way God is going to be done with me. Do you remember when Nathan came to David and told him that story? And David said, that man ought to be, uh, be here. He ought to give back tenfold. And Nathan said, David, thou art the man. Thou art the man. But do you realize after he said that, after Nathan told him that thou, the man, then Nathan said, the Lord also has put away thy sin. He said, David, God has forgiven you. You may have reaped some of the seeds that you've sown, but David, God has forgiven you for what you have done. God's heart, he heard your prayer of repentance in Psalms 51. God has seen your brokenness and God has seen your heart. And God has forgiven you of that sin. Can I tell you tonight, you might be have sin in your past that still creeps up in your mind. But let's just say this. God has forgiven David and God has forgiven you if you're a child of God this evening. 
you're sitting here and say, that sin right there has got me. I, I have done, committed the, the last sin that God has washed his hands of me. God is through with me because that I, but I'm telling you, First John chapter 1 verse 9 is still in the Bible. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's still about you sitting here saying, I have done messed up. I've done committed the last sin. God has washed his hands of me. I'm telling you right now, God said if you confess your sins, he's going to forgive you of your sins. He wants to bring you back into fellowship. He wants to have that fellowship with you. And he's waiting on to restore to you. He realized you've messed up. You come running back to him and call on him. He will cleanse and restore you. He will revive you. Amen. Because you messed up, God can take a broken clay and put it together again. I'm telling you, God is not through with you. If God, through what it would, because of sin, would be through with us, then all of us have a problem tonight. Wouldn't no use to anybody to be sitting here tonight because if God says you sin, He's washing His hands of you and casting your side, none of us would be here tonight. David said, well, God is through with me. Maybe because of my sins and my past, maybe God is through with me. David probably thought because of all the adversaries that were around him. He thought because all these adversaries on every side, he turns around, people are after him. Maybe God was through with him. This is the way God was getting get rid of him. This is a sign from God that all these adversaries are coming at me from the front to the back and sides. Everybody's coming at me. Maybe this is the way God says it's going to end for me. Most people in Israel said you used to love David. But now they're trying to kill David. His son, Saul, uh, Aspelon, was trying to kill him. It, it was after David. David figured, that, hey, my own son's trying to kill me. All those that said they were my friends and they loved me, now they're trying to kill me. Maybe this is the way that God says, I'm through with you, David. I'm tired of you, David. I, I don't want to deal with you no more, David. If you read that... Read that he said, uh, he's not, he don't even have a beast to ride on. He don't even have shoes on his feet. He has nothing to eat. This man is in real bad shape right here. He thinks this because all these adversaries that God has uh, brought through him is the way God is going to get rid of him. That's the way we think a lot of times. We face this trial, we face this, we face that, and we think God is through with us. God allows us adversaries to come our way and attack us on every side. We think God, well, God has washed his hands of me. I've got my sin in my past. Now all these obstacles I'm having to face. Maybe this is the way God is going to tell me, I'm through with you. I washed my hands of you. But can I tell you, God is not through with you tonight. I, I know some people that are done with me. God ain't done with me. You can say the same thing. You know people that have washed their hands of you. God ain't washed his hands of you tonight. He thought maybe this. Maybe, the, you know, I, I'm thinking maybe because of my sin in my past and all the adversaries that are around me, God is saying I'm through with you. Maybe he's thinking, maybe it's my age. You realize right here, David is not a young man. In this, this passage right here, David is not a young man. 
Might God said to me, he's thinking God might be through me because of my age. If you study the Bible history, you study the timeline, David in his, is in his early or the mid-60s when this is written, when he writes this. This is where David's at. David only lives between 70 years old. So David's at the end of his journey. Maybe David's thinking, maybe because of my age, God can't use me no more. God don't want to deal with me. I'm too old to do anything else. I'm not that young guy that faced that giant. I'm not that young guy that full of vinegar and zeal and went out to do things with God. I'm not that way no more. Now, I don't move as much as I moved. I don't do as much as I do. I don't jump as high as I used to. Maybe God is saying, you're too old be any good for me listen to me just because your hair has turned gray just because you're not young just because you got a lot of energy does not mean that God is through with you tonight God is not going to put you on a shelf and wipe his hands of you and say, hey, you've done what you could, but you can't do any more. I'm through with you. I'm going to set you aside, but that ain't what God's saying. God says, I'm not through with you, and I don't care how old you are. I don't care how much gray you got in your hair. I don't care how hard it is to walk or get around. God can still use you in the ministry and what God wants. God's got a plan for everybody at every stage of life they go through David said yeah might be that I'm just too old for God to use me might be that uh, he's going to put me on a shelf I'm telling you there are some people in this church that has more power of God on them now than they did when they were younger I'm telling you don't think because you are old that God can't use you. I'm telling you, God can use you in this church because of these young people. They need to see some old saints that stood for God and worked with God and served God and haven't given up on God. They need to see how faithful you are. And they need to see the old saints stand up and say, Praise God. I know God is good. I know what He's done. I ain't doing as what I used to be, but I'm telling you, I'm still serving God. I ain't giving up on God. And God certainly ain't going to give up on you because you've got gray hair on your head no more. Amen. Ain't, ain't that, I know it'll be a blessing to the old saints tonight. God can still use me. I tell you what, if you're a senior citizen, somebody, anybody know what the age of a senior citizen is? 55. How many 55ers do we have in here? He ain't there yet, but he's getting there. <laughs> I, I'm telling y'all, you want to read the, the Psalm 71 is your Psalms. Go home tonight and read Psalm 71 and say, Lord, you wrote that for me at my age. I'm gray, I'm old, I'm feeble, I don't get around like you. But Psalm 71 says, hey, you're still my fortress. You're still everything I need. Go home and read Psalm 71 tonight. That is the song for the old people. Amen. You go home. If you ain't old yet, go ahead and read it. That way you got prepared for it. When I'm old, he says, when I'm old and gray-headed, old Lord, forsake me not. When I'm old and gray-headed, old Lord, forsake me not. God is not going to forsake you. God still got a plan for your life, something for you to do tonight. Amen. God is not through lifting your head up. 
when you come into sorrow and you're broken. Look at verse number 30. And David went up to the ascended unto Mount Olive and wept as he went up and had his head covered and he went barefooted and all the people that was with him covered their head, every man his head, and they went up weeping as they went up. You see what this picture of is? When you're in mourning, you're weeping. They put the cover, they put the, this is, this is the picture I get when I see them mourning. When you're mourning, they, they, they're not walking around like this. They got their heads covered and they're walking around with their heads down to the ground. And they're looking at the ground. They're mourning, they're weeping, they're praying. Oh, Lord, what's going to happen to me now? They are walking and mourning and weeping because of it. And their heads are covered. Let me tell you what God has done with you yet. David said, hey. He walked up there and he's got his head covered and he's weeping and he's crying. He said, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening, but I know that you're still God. He said, what does that got to do with me? I'm glad you asked that question. Turn to Psalms number three. Psalms number three. I want you to see this. Don't, don't miss this. I want to show you. God is not through with lifting your head up. You walk in here and you've got troubles and problems. You've got your head hung down. Your head laid down. Psalms 3, look at the title. Look at your title of Psalms 3. You, you, everybody got a title of that psalm and there's Psalm 3. You got a title. What does this say? A psalm of David when he fled from his Absalom, his son. David wrote this. As this time was happening. Verse number one. Lord how are they increased that trouble me? How, how, why are the people that's troubling me seem to be growing more and more every day? Well because it's a son. Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which, which say of my soul there is no help from him in God. He's saying they're all out there saying this. He said every one of them out there saying this. God is through with him. God ain't helping him no more. And God is through with him. He said, uh, they said there is no help for him in God. He's, they're telling me, David says, they're telling me you're through with me. Everybody's saying you're through with me. I, is that true? Verse 3, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. And my glory and the lifter of my head. David said, all oh, they're out there is out to get me. Oh, Lord, what do you do? About that time, the Holy Spirit said, David, lift your head up, David. He, you might have thought he's through with you. You might have thought he was. It's like getting a child. Y'all, most of y'all have had kids. They come to you crying. They don't come crying with your head looking right dead at you. <laughs> no, most child come around. <laughs> they don't want to look you in the face. What does a parent do? They reach out there and grab that chin and say, look at me. 
They, they want that. You say, I, I want to see eye contact. That's what God is telling David. David's got his head down. He's mourning and crying and weeping. Lord, you're finished with me. And God said, hey, lift your head up, David. Look at me. I'm not done with you. You tell your child, look at me. I know you messed up. I know you did wrong, but I still love you. I want to encourage you to keep going on. God is telling David the same thing. I know you messed up. I know you walked down the wrong road, but I'm telling you, I have forgiven you, and I'm going to tell you right now, lift your head up and hold your head up high. It doesn't matter what all them people out there are saying. David, don't worry about what they're saying out there. It's what I think about you. I've got you. I want you to lift your head up and let, let, look me in the eyes, God said. David, I am the lifter of your head. There's nothing that can lift up your head like you, I can. David, you walked in here and you've got your head down. The devil has told you uh, there's no help from you from God. God is through with you. I'm here to tell you, lift up your head. I ain't through with you yet, David. And God is telling you and I the same. We might have walked in here thinking, God can't use me. I've done got this going on in my past. God said, hey, I'm through with you. It looks like everybody's coming against you. But God said, lift up your head. I'm not done with you yet. He is the lifter of our head. When my heart is broken and spirit is overwhelmed, I, I am, God knows how to grab a hold of my chin and lift me up. I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. I am still for you. I am still on your side. God is not through lifting your head tonight. Roy Regals. Anybody know who that guy is? Regals. Roy Regals. Anybody here remember the 1929 Rose Bowl? He, he's foreverly known throughout history because wrong way, Roy. In a game he was playing, he was playing for California, the Golden Bears, and they were playing against Georgia Tech. And they were playing, and, and California was was uh, doing good, but uh, all of a sudden, uh, Georgia Tech guy come with the ball, he, he got hit, and he fumbled the ball, and Roy picked up the ball, and he was trying to run, he got hit this way, hit that way, hit this way. Finally, he looked up and saw clean ground towards the goal, and he started running. Georgia Tech stopped and let him go. But his own players were trying to chase him down, trying to get him down. They said, hey, you're running the wrong way. At halftime, they went in down Roy was sitting over in his corner by himself he was all upset he was messed up he done, he done done something he shouldn't have done the coach come walking in everybody figured he was just going to jump out and just give him the rant and rave and all that stuff he comes out and all these guys are steady looking at him Roy's over in the corner he's got his towel on his head he ain't even looking at nobody and the coach said I want the same team that started is the same team that's going to be out there. Now, let's get up and let's go out there. Roy's still sitting up there and he said, Roy, did you hear me? Roy didn't say nothing. He walked over and said, Roy, did you hear me? He didn't say nothing. So he reached down and picked his head up and said, Roy, did you hear me? He said, Coach, you don't want to send me back out there. I, I can't go out there and face them people. I know I messed up. Coach says, 
We started together. We're going to finish together. Amen. Amen. They said when Rory got out in the second half, he played, played, played like a man that was possessed. He said he was all over that field. God is telling you the same thing. We've started this thing together and we're going to finish this thing together. Just keep your head up. Keep looking up. Don't give up. Don't let the world call you down. Don't let the devil try to stop you down. Keep your head up. Amen. I'm so glad that when we have run the wrong way and we messed up, there's a God in heaven. He just don't kick us out to the side, says, I'm through with you. Sit on a bench. You're riding the pine. He says, get back in there. Don't give up and do what you're supposed to do. We started this thing together. We're going to finish this thing. God is not through lifting your head up. Can I say this? God is not through letting you do something for his glory. God ain't through with you. Watch what David did, gets to do. After he thinks that his God is through with him. Look at second, 1 Chronicles chapter 22. 1 Chronicles chapter 22. God ain't through with you. 1 Chronicles chapter 22. Verse number 3. And this, this is when David thought God was through with him. And David prepared iron in abundance for the nails, for the doors, for the gates, for the joinings and the brass in abundance without weight. Also cedar trees in abundance for the Zidonians, and they were tiry and brought much cedar in with David. And David said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender, and the house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent and of faith and glory throughout all the countries. I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. Then he called for Solomon, his son, and charged him to build a house for the Lord of God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, my son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house unto the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me saying, Thou hast shed blood abundantly and hast made great war. Thou shalt not build a house unto my name because thou hast shed much blood upon the earth in my, in my sight. Behold, a son shall be born to thee who shall be a man of rest. And I will give him rest and from all his enemies round about for his name shall be Solomon. And I will give peace and quietness unto Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name and he shall be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish the throne of the kingdom over Israel forever. You see what God is doing? David said, God is through with me. You see, David is doing, he's preparing all the things that is needed to build the house of God. Now, in several years after he thinks that God is through with him, God uses him to do uh, great things for him. He wants to prepare the house. David had in his mind that he wanted to build a house, he, he wanted to build the great structure of the Lord, but God said no. And so now he thought God was through him, but God says, I'll, you can't build it. But what you can do, you can prepare everything that is needed 
to be doing. Let me just say this. Just because you're old tonight, just because you think God is through with you, God is using you to prepare things. we got things that we need to prepare for our young children tonight. Let me tell you, they are facing a hard road in this world. They need to see something to prepare for. They need something they can hold on to. They need something to see that is real. It ain't fake. It's real. Their children tonight need to know that there is a God in heaven that loves them. There is a God that we serve. There is a God that knows who we are. And they, we need to prepare them for the way. Give them what they need to continue on and serve and walking with God. If you don't give your children something they can hold on to, the world's going to snatch them up. God, God said, David, you, can, you can't build the house. You can't do it. David's thinking, God is done with me. I'm going to let you get all the wood. I'm going to let you get all the things, all the gold, all the silver, everything you're going to do it. But it ain't over with. And don't miss this. <laughs> don't miss this. God might not let you do what you want to do. You see, it was David's heart to build the house, the temple. God says, I'm not going to let you do it. I'm going to let your son do it. God may not let you do what you want to do, but God will let you do something for him to bring him glory tonight. I'd have to be honest with you. I believe the problem with some of the uh, God's people is the reason why they get so discouraged, so burnt out many times living for God is they're trying to do something God does want, doesn't want them doing. They spend all their time and all their energy in trying to do something that God says, I don't want you to do. They're not trying to do what God wants them to do. They're doing what they want to do. I have known people to say, God has called me to preach. Okay, show me. It don't take much when somebody says God has called me to preach and God can tell you in a heartbeat whether they're called to preach or not. God will open up a door. God will say a place that you can preach. God will give you a ministry to preach. God will give you a church to pastor. I know several people says, I know God has called me to preach, but they never get to preach. They cannot hold evangelists. They can't go out and preach anywhere. They don't have a church to pastor. You're not called to preach. You're spending all your time doing what you want to do instead of what God has laid out for you to do. I find that we need to do that. Figure out what God wants you to do and just do it. Amen. Just, just figure out what God says, I, I want you to do this and do it. But Lord, Lord, I, I want to do this. No, I, I want you to do this. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go over here and do this. If you find out when you start doing something you ain't supposed to do, you ain't going to be blessed about it. You ain't going to be moved about it. It's not going to help you. Until you realize and learn, hey, God don't want me to be this. God, God certainly didn't call me to be a singer, although I do try to be one. But whatever God has given you, whatever gift God has given you, whatever talent God has given you, just figure it out and just do it, and you'll be blessed for it. Just say, well, I, I'm too old. I'm too there. I can't do that. God says, I'm not finished with you. I don't care how old you are. God still has a ministry for every one of us in here tonight. I, 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 people say, we'll find somebody else to do it. You know, God said you to do it. 
David wanted to build a temple. God wouldn't let him. So Solomon's going to build the temple. You, you, you think, well, David could have got the big head. Well, he ain't going to let me build that temple. I ain't going to do nothing for him. I'm not going to get the wood. I'm not going to get the gold. I'm not going to get this. I'm just going to make him work. I, he could have sabotaged the building of the temple of God. But he doesn't. See, that's what we need to learn. God might not have called you to do this or do that, but whatever God has called you to do, do it to the best of your ability, but help those that are doing their job. Be a blessing to someone else. Amen. Be a, be a blessing. God called you to sing, get up and sing. Amen. God's called you to preach, get up and preach. God's called you to be a prayer warrior, pray. Amen. God's called you a Sunday school teacher, teach. Amen. God has told you this is what he wants you to do. Just get up and do it. And start arguing with God. I don't want to do that. I did. I did that for a long time. I told God he had to be out of his mind. You calling me to do that? And I don't like to stand before people. I don't like to be around people. I don't even like people. I don't. I like being by myself. Listen, our job for the next set of generations is to give them something that they can hold on to. And I'm telling you, these kids here, if God tarries for the next 20 years, they're going to either be walking in here, worshiping, praising God, or they're going to be out in the world living for themselves. You need, they, they need so you need to give them something now that is true, something now that is real, something that they can feel, and they need to see that you enjoy serving God, and there's blessings in serving God. David said, maybe it's because I'm old. Maybe it's because all the adversaries around me. Maybe it's because of my sin. He's thinking God's through with him. God said, David, lift your head up. I'm not done with you. I'm not done with you. He said, God is not through letting you do something for his glory. Let's go back to 2 Samuel. Chapter 22. I wanted to read the whole chapter 22, but I, I thought not. But I, I, I beg you and plead you to go ahead and go home and read this chapter 22. What's so interesting in 2 Samuel chapter 22, you'll find almost verbatim in Psalms 18. If you go to Psalm 18, you'll almost verbatim. Samuel 22 is Psalms written by David, and Psalms 18 is, is the psalm that was written after he thought God was through with him. He thinks God will never want to see him lift his head up again, lift his hand up to praise him again. He says, I'm the sweet psalmist, but God doesn't want to hear me. God, God is not through loving, longing or loving me, hearing me in praise for him. Chapter 22, verse 1. It, it, this, is, this is so good. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer. The God of my rock in him will I trust. He is my shield, the horn of my salvation, my high tower, my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. 
I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. When the waves of death compass me, the floods of ungodly men make me afraid. The sorrows of hell compass me about me. The snares of death prevent me. In my stress, I call upon the Lord and cry to my God and in, did hear my voice. And out of his temple and out of my cry did enter into his ears. You just go on and on. It just gets gooder and gooder as you read. I, I believe one of the greatest psalms David ever wrote. He does write it right before he thinks God is through with him. He wrote it after God uh, was through with him. He said, no, God's done with me. You may be sitting here thinking God is through with you. Hear me. From, just hear me. God is not through. He'll never, you say, he'll never touch me to sing again. He'll never touch me to preach again. He'll never get me to raise my hand. He'll never get, let me tell you, God is not through with you. That could be further from the truth. God wants you to do something for him. God says, I want to hear your voice, David. God wants to hear your voice of witness. God wants to see you lift your hands and praise. He longs to hear you. He longs to hear it. He inhabits the praises of his people. And he's not through with that. God still wants to hear you. He still wants to see you. Maybe you feel like David. My God is done with me. Maybe on the other side, like David. Maybe he doesn't have the light in me anymore. Is that not true? God is through with you? Well, preacher, because the abomination that I have, the sins that I've done, all the toils and trials and tribulation I go through, maybe it cause all the adversaries in my life. No, it ain't through with God, ain't through with you. Get your head up. God still is alive. Spurgeon. I love reading stuff about Spurgeon. One of the greatest preachers of the old there ever was. And even in a time when Spurgeon would preach, preachers had a habit of being discouraged and get distressed. And he was discouraged. He was depressed. He locked himself in his room. Wouldn't come out. Laid in bed. Wouldn't get up. Only time he'd come out of his room to get up and go preach and to come back, locked himself up and stayed in the room. His wife tried to encourage him, you need to get up, you need to do something. He just wouldn't move. He had gotten that state of depression and he didn't know what was going on. And it went on for weeks like this. So one day, his wife went to the door, his room. She was dressed in black from head to toe. He walked in, she walked in, he looked at her and said, who died? I, I, I know the church, and ain't nobody said anybody in the church died, so who died? And she just looked at him and says, apparently your God has died. And she turned around and walked out. That kick-started him. That got him thinking, my God ain't dead. My God ain't dead. Why do I act like I'm dead? Why, why does I think God is through with me? Why am I here uh, laying around depressed and dis discouraged? I don't want to get up and do something for God because God is still alive. God is still moving. God wants to hear from me. God wants to see you praise him tonight. God said, lift up your hand and give a shout the glory for God because God is still alive tonight. Amen. Some of y'all act like that God is dead. Amen. God is dead. What can I do? You can't shout anymore. You can't worship anymore. You can't get your head lifted up. 
I'm here to remind you God ain't dead. And he ain't forgot about you. I don't care what stage of life you're in. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you're facing. God ain't forgot about you. Problem is, when you're in these trials and tribulations, you're not looking for God in the midst of it. But somewhere on the shadows, God is there, and he says, just call my name. Amen. A lot of times we go through trials and tribulations. We never think about God anything. We just look at the trials of our life. And wonder why God allowed that to come in our life. God is not trying to destroy you. He's trying to build you up. You run to the altar and say, God, I'm here. I'm glad when I was through with all that thoughts that you threw with me. But you're not through with me. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. The Bible said if we believe not, yet. He abided faithful. He cannot deny himself. And if he cannot deny himself, then we ought to praise him. What I give him the glory. Can I tell you tonight, no matter what you're through, no matter what you think, no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what's coming at you, God ain't through with you yet. God's not through with you. Oh, this, the saints, the old saints, got a lot to give these young children in here need to see saints of God being faithful and true to God they need something they can hold on God tarries they're going to have something that they know is tangible they can put it in their hands says I know it they can take the word of God and says it it applied to my mom and daddy it applied to my grandma and grandpa and if it applied to them it got them through it will get me through amen God ain't through with you yet lift your head up Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God ain't done with you yet. Amen.